Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Hello, goal achievers and members of the Miracle Morning community. This is Hal Elrod. You may have heard the expression, there are levels to this. And this expression is essentially used to point out the fact that most things in life are not equal and there's a hierarchy to most of them. Well, a few years ago, I realized that when it comes to the Miracle Morning community, to our community, there are levels to a community. In fact, I really became present to this as I was standing on stage at last year's Best Year Ever Blueprint live experience. That's our annual live event that we do every December in San Diego, California. And as I was watching over the 400 plus members of our community that had flown in from around the world, watching them work together to support each other in taking ourselves to the next level so that we can take our lives to the next level, it became really clear to me that that group were amongst the most dedicated, committed members of our community. Because you know, it's one thing to go into the Miracle Morning Community Facebook group for a few minutes and think, wow, these people are so inspiring. I'm so grateful to be a part of this community, you know, where you really, you just get a glimpse, kind of a, a taste of the Miracle Morning community and its members. But then you close your laptop and, you know, you go out into your actual world, your, your life, your local community, and you might be faced with negative influences at work or at home and even around your family and friends, right? A lack of support or a lack of people that are really striving for their best and supporting you to become your best. And I realized standing there on stage at the Best Year Ever Blueprint that it is another thing to be in person at a live event and experience the Miracle Morning community. Again, I believe some of the most caring human beings I've ever met to experience that live and in person, to be among the most dedicated members of our community, your community, and to be immersed in an environment that is designed for rapid individual growth. It is supported with unconditional love and really fosters a deep connection. And that is exactly what you will experience this December if you're able to join us for the Best Year Ever Blueprint Live experience. So I'd love for you to join me. I'll be there, of course, as well as quite a few other phenomenal individuals, leaders, messengers, and members of our community. So if you'd like to take your life to the next level, this coming year, in the next 12 months and beyond, check out bestyeareverlive.com to secure your spot, get all the details, and join me and over 400 fellow members of the Miracle Morning community, listeners of the Achieve Your Goals podcast in person for a weekend that will truly be unlike anything you've ever experienced before. I cannot wait and I hope to see you there. All right, until next time, enjoy today's episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your friend, Hal. And I'll talk to you soon. Goal Achievers. Hey, it's Hal Elrod. And welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. I don't know if you've heard me say this before. There's something that I I often say. I think I wrote it in a book or two of mine. But uh, in life, it's not what you learn that matters. It's what you live that matters, right? The idea that you could learn all you want. If you don't apply it, well, then if you're not living it, it doesn't do you, you know, really that much good. However, I'm going to offer a very important distinction to that quote that it's not what you learn, but what you live that matters. 
what you live begins with what you learn. Think about that, right? So what am I saying is that in order to live better, you've got to learn better, right? You know, we can only elevate our own consciousness to the degree that we have knowledge of what level of consciousness is available to us. And so we can only live a better life to the degree that we learn what a better life looks like and what it takes to live it. And that is why I am very excited for my guest today, Jonathan Levy. And Jonathan, uh, we've known each other for, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years, long, long time from way back in the day. And we reconnected uh, here in the last year or so when he had me on his podcast. And if you're not familiar with Jonathan Levy, when it comes to learning, you'll understand here in a minute why he is an expert in this area. But he is a serial entrepreneur, a published author, and a podcaster that was born and raised in Silicon Valley. Jonathan is the face of such products and brands as the award-winning Superhuman Academy podcast, the best-selling Become a Super Learner series, but most recently his new venture, Superhuman Academy. Uh, Jonathan's media products have been enjoyed by over 250,000 people. That's right, a quarter of a million people in 205 countries and territories. And just last month, Lion Crest Publishing published Jonathan's much-anticipated third book, The Only skill that matters. And in this all new, engaging and easy to read book, Jonathan explores the reasons and the methods behind accelerating learning and improving memory. And uh, in case you don't know, I've got some serious brain damage from my car accident. So I'm excited to dive into the memory piece today. But Jonathan explains why learning is literally the number one most important skill an individual can possess today and how to learn anything three times faster. So today, it is my great pleasure to introduce you to my good friend and the brilliant Jonathan Levy. Hey, brother, how you doing? Fantastic, man. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Thanks for having me. Let me just start with what I opened up with talking about you and and the title of your book, really, which is The Only Skill That Matters. Why is learning the only skill that matters? And I know it's made an impact in your life. You know, how has it done that? Yeah, well, so I I know that there are a lot of skills that matter. Personal skills, very important. Uh, academic skills, very important. Social skills, life skills, financial skills. There are a million different things you need to be able to do as a modern human just to exist in this world that we've created, much less to thrive. The fact of the matter is, though, is learning is kind of the gateway to all of those things. So whether what you need to do to succeed is get that next degree or pick up the habit of meditation or learn how to take better care of your body, your physical body, learning is really the barrier. And if you're not able to learn, it's kind of like Alvin Toffler said, the illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who can't read and write, but those who can't learn unlearn and relearn. Mm. And my life experience has taught me that, um, you know, growing up, I struggled a lot academically, which led me to struggle a lot socially. I wasn't able to learn the social skills that other kids were learning. I wasn't able to learn the athletic skills. I wasn't able to learn the academic skills. And I ended up being this suicidal 13-year-old kid who had really nothing to be proud of. And when I say nothing, I mean, I wasn't good at anything except goofing off in class. And over the period of many, many years, I learned my way out of it. And I learned how to be the kind of person that I wanted to be. And I've been so influenced by you and your work as well, Hal, that I've actually changed the way that I answer this question because you really impressed upon me this idea of be, do, have, right? So in the past, I used to say, look, the difference between where you are now and where you want to go 
is knowledge. But that's not actually true because first you have to be the right person. That's the knowledge. And then you have to do the right things. That's application of knowledge, as you were saying when, when we opened. And then you will have the results that other people have. And so it, it really is this process of not just taking in the information, but learning how to use that information and leverage that information. You know, information alone cannot create transformation. It's information and application create transformation. Absolutely. I think that for anybody listening, well, or for me, this topic of learning is something that most of us don't really learn how to learn. You know, and I remember, mm-hmm. I think it was, gosh, close to 20 years ago, my good friend, John Berghoff shared with me after he went through it, his Brian Tracy accelerated learning techniques, you know, audio, it was literally audiobooks, <laughs> or I mean, like, you know, like audio cassettes, right? I don't know where I got a tape player to listen to those. But I just, I want to know personally, why are you so passionate about spreading this particular message? Yeah. Well, first, I've seen what it's been able to do in my life and I've seen what it's been able to do in my students' lives. We get people who come to us from every walk of life that you can imagine, whether it's, you know, they're struggling in high school to they're not able to pass the bar exam, med school, their kids have learning disabilities, they want to pick up a new language. I mean, every possible challenge you can see and just unlocking this capability is such a massive leg up for them. And and I want to touch on what you said because you're so right. You know, in the process of writing this most recent book, I I was trying to think of fun and interesting ways to point out some of the thoughts and ideas that I've shared for years and years and years. And one thing I realized is we have from pretty much first grade until the end of high school, right? So from let's say six or seven years old to 18 years old, that's 11 or 12 years of physical education on how to use your body. Now, we we could talk all day about the fact that physical education isn't actually oftentimes teaching you how to take care of your joints and muscles and stuff like that, but whatever. You had a class almost every single day in school on how to use your body. You had a couple very awkward years, probably in middle school, where you were taught how to use those other parts of your body. (laughs) But there was no point in school where we taught, where we were taught how to use our brains. And that's ridiculous because the human brain is actually the most complex object in the known universe. Most people don't realize that. And so, you know, and it's not complex to use it. It's actually very simple to use it, but it's an incredibly powerful instrument and if you're not using it correctly, and, and I would argue most of us are not in terms of how our memory is evolved to be used, in terms of how we're evolved to process and retain and review information, nobody ever says, you know, simple things. Hey, if you don't come back and review this periodically, doesn't matter how well you learned it, you'll forget it. Nobody ever sits down and tells you, hey, did you know we all naturally have a visual memory? And you can develop that visual memory and you'll be able to do incredible superhuman feats of memory. So to me, I'm really passionate about sharing this because when I discovered this, Hal, the whole world opened up. It's like, imagine if you lived your whole life and people were saying, look, you know, telepathy is not possible and telekinesis and flying is not possible. And then all of a sudden I met someone about eight years ago who could do all of those things. I mean, he could memorize a hundred digits backwards and forwards and he could read a book in a few hours. And I just thought it was like, superhuman. And then I realized that anyone can do this stuff. It reminds me of The Matrix, right? The movie The Matrix with Keanu Reeves, which is one mm-hmm. of my favorite movies ever. And did you see they just announced they're coming out with a fourth one? Oh, amazing. Yeah, I'm pretty I proud didn't of that. see that. And Keanu signed on for the role. So that's exciting. Perfect. 
But The Matrix, if you haven't seen the movie, it's a science fiction movie from you know 10 years ago or so, right? Where he basically realizes they're all plugged into this matrix, like this giant mainframe computer system. It's a metaphor for how our society kind of operates, where we all watch the media and do what we're told. And you know we're fed the messages that program our subconscious and so on and so forth. Without going too far down that rabbit hole, the point is that he goes, I need to learn Kung Fu. And they just plug him into the matrix and upload a computer program. Mm-hmm. And now he knows Kung Fu. He's like, I need to learn to speak a foreign language, right? And it's just, you upload it. And what I love is that what you're saying reminds me of where most people would think of that super learning ability as science fiction, mm-hmm. right? You do it, right? You do it. You teach it. Like you've actually mastered that, if you will. And so that's what I love about it. And I think that if you look at the value of that, like you said, anything we want to improve, we're just a little bit of knowledge away from it, right? You want absolutely. To, you want to improve your marriage. Yeah. Here's a book for that, right? There, you know, and the faster you can you read know, it's it. It's funny you say that. Yeah. It's so funny you say that because I, at every point in my life when I've had a challenge, for the most part, I slowly but surely have realized that I can learn my way out of it, right? So like mm-hmm. I had problems in my business. I wanted to grow my business. I wanted to grow my brand. I wanted to work less, like a hundred different little problems. I had issues with my shoulders. I remember you telling me a story of when you were diagnosed and you're like, you know what? I can just read the research and find, and you, I would argue you did the miracle equation and the miracle equation brought you to learning your way out of it and you found ways to seek treatment. So all of those things I applied and there was this one thing that I had convinced myself I couldn't learn my way out of. I was single for nine years Hmm. and I couldn't get into a healthy, loving relationship. I'd had a prior relationship which was not healthy and I just couldn't figure it out. I, I talked to counselors, coaches, and eventually I was like, what if I just treated this like a learning challenge. And I read books about it and I went to lectures and I I took coaches and I did journaling. I did all the things that I teach in my programs. It's just I applied it to something that most people think is not a learning challenge. Six months later, I met my wife. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, I just got back from my honeymoon. So it worked. And what it took actually ultimately was literally learning the skills that I had been missing that helped someone get into a healthy relationship. Things like learning how to communicate better, learning how to evaluate a healthy partnership. It was literally at the end of the day, and I have a whole journal about it that that I've kept, it was literally learning how to be in a healthy and happy relationship. I love it. So literally... I mean, obviously, all of your business accolades, you know, I mentioned not all of them, I mentioned some of them you know, in your intro for the podcast. But I love that you're going, yeah, not only can you achieve great business success, financial success, make an impact in the world through learning, you can lock down your soulmate, right? <laughs> like, right? And that's totally not a very romantic way to say it, but you know, you can become the person because that's it. You got to become the person that can attract the people yes. that you want into your life. You know, I think you and I would both agree with this that I'm a product of the books I've read and the learning I've done. And as well as, I would say I'm a product of, it really comes down to the learning I've done. Because I was going to say I'm a product of the books I've read and the people that I've spent time with. But really, well, what does that really boil down to? I learned from the books I read and I learned from the people I spent time with. Bingo. I learned what are the values that make sense to me, that serve me? What are the guiding principles that these people live by that I admire, that I see works for them and gets them the types of results, outcomes, and experiences that I want? And then I learn it. And often unintentionally, and of course, more intentional you are about anything, the more effective you are. You're going to say something? No, I completely, completely agree with you. And uh, you know, we're we're essentially the the 
summation of all the different things that we've learned. Um, actually, a really interesting quote that I happened upon today uh, was essentially to to that effect, right? Sam Harris says in Waking Up, it's your mind rather than circumstances themselves that determines the quality of your life. Your mind is the basis of everything you experience and of every contribution you make to the lives of others. So given this fact, it makes sense to train it. And he's saying that in the context of um, meditation. But I love that quote because it is in the context of like, what, what kind of software are you installing in this incredible piece of hardware that you have? Now, speaking of that, so just the installing the software, the hardware you have, I mentioned in your introduction about memory, right? That's one of the things that you mm -hmm. have really mastered. It's arguably my weakest area. And I hate to even say that because, you know, I struggle with affirming that, right? And also right, of course. acknowledging the reality of what well, my brain's been damaged, right? So I really struggle with memory. And I've actually really recently realized the implications it has in my life. One is not being fully present. I don't trust myself to remember anything anyone says unless I write it down. So when I'm having a conversation with somebody, they say something of value, rather than being able to just absorb it and experience it and respond to it, I go, apologize, I got to write that. And I pull out my phone and I feel rude, but I'm like, so memory affects me in so many ways. That's just one of them. Would you say memory is still an important skill to have in the era of you know, smartphones and constant access to Google? A hundred percent. For so many different reasons. I do want to respond though to what, what you mentioned because I call that the memory golem effect, right? So you have Pygmalion and golem effect. And it's for people who don't know, it's this Rosenthal Jacobs study where they found that if uh, your manager, teacher, parent, if someone around you of authority believes deep down without even showing it that you are a, a poor performer or you're dumb, you will actually be dumber. It's like we can affect people with our thoughts. And that I find that that is doubly true of ourselves and our self-talk. I mean, Hal will tell you, you know more about this than I do, the importance of self-talk and beliefs. Um, and we had students go through the course. In the first week of our course, it's really just setting your goals, foundation, scheduling, stuff like that. And people would reply on the surveys like, I can't believe my memory is already getting better. Like, that's not possible. You haven't learned anything yet. What we realized is they changed their self-talk from I have a lousy memory to I'm in a memory course and my memory is getting better. Um, so, so you're right to be wary of acknowledging that. Um, and yeah, I think, I think memory is just as important, uh, as, as ever, if not more so. And here's why. First off, you know, it's, we can talk about how it's inefficient to have to look things up and have to check things and make mistakes and all that kind of stuff. That's the obvious answer. The not so obvious answer is creativity. We are moving to uh, an economy of knowledge workers where the only thing humans are really going to need to do is creative work. And it, it may not happen today, it may not happen tomorrow, but in the next 10 years, you're going to see that really the only jobs opening up are creative work. Now, creativity at its core is really just combining and creating new ideas, taking existing ideas and recombining them in all kinds of different and unique ways. And I think if you look up the definition of creativity, it's actually pretty close to that. It's like novel and unique ways of doing things based on pre-existing pieces assembled in a new way. And how can you do that? How can you pre-assemble pieces if you don't have a strong enough library of knowledge to draw upon? For example, let's say, let's take an extreme example, right? You're a military strategist. 
Well, you better know off the top of your head because you can't sit there and Google. You need your neurons and synapses to connect together and come up with that uniquely human thing, which is creation. And human beings are one of the only species that create, period. And we're certainly the only species that can create at the level of symphonies, you know? Sure. How do we do that? We think about all the different things, the millions of data points, if not billions, right? Our brains have a hundred billion neurons. That's more than there are stars in the observable universe. Wow. hundred billion neurons. We think about all the millions of different experiences we've ever had and we connect them. And we do, we do brilliant things, right? So to use the belabored example, what made Steve Jobs and Apple so creative is they took ideas from the worlds of industrial engineering, from art, from the world of calligraphy and typography, from the worlds of ergonomics. And they put them into these devices where no one ever thought before that a computer should take from the worlds of art and color composition and you know aesthetic beauty um and that's that's creativity right what's what's creativity when it comes to marketing it's like gary halbert was an incredible copywriter because he knew how to use theatrics and punctuation and grammar and diction and emotion and all these different fields that come from all these different places and put it into a new discipline which is copywriting so i think about that a lot and and i always tell people i really don't care what you use my techniques to learn I care what you then do with that learning. What do you go out and create? Okay, cool. You passed the bar exam because I taught you how to build memory palaces and that's great. Now, what are you going to go out and create of your own because of that knowledge you were able to, to accumulate? Got it. It goes back to right, not what you learn, but what you live. So I appreciate that you're totally. looking at, you know, what are you going to do with this stuff? Not just, you learned it, great. Now you can, you know, impress your friends. Regurgitate and it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's get into, you know, some actionables for anybody listening and myself included. How can people listening at home or in their car, wherever they're at, instantly increase their learning capability? Are there like any, you know, like here's a quick win or quick fix? Yeah, so many, so many quick fixes. So first thing is I want people to really think about goals and preparation and going into your learning in a very deliberate way. Here's, here's one thing many people don't realize. If I'm learning a language to travel for a couple of weeks in Japan, that's going to look very, very different than if I'm learning a language to lecture at a university in Tokyo, or if I'm learning a language to be able to interact with my Japanese in-laws. So sitting down and thinking before you learn, not just what do I want to learn, but how much of it do I want to learn? To what level? How am I going to plan and structure those study sessions? How am I going to get myself back on track if I venture off, when I venture off? What am I going to do in that situation? And what's my plan of attack? So that's one really, really quick win is sit down and make a learning plan. And then ask yourself, because later down the line, when you get into more advanced techniques, things like memory palaces, well, uh, I'll give you an example. If you are studying the law and you need to be able, for some ungodly reason that I don't know, you need to be able to recite the laws backwards and forwards, literally in order. I can teach you how to do that. But that's a very, very different way of building your memory palaces and structuring your learning than if you just wanted to pass the bar exam and someone's going to ask you at random of the questions. So, you know, if you were a law historian, for example, and you wanted to memorize the laws in order, 
of when they were uh, written, that's also a different method and a different way of doing it. So doing that thinking uh, ahead and in, in advance. Another thing I want to share with people is this idea. And, and again, just on the quick wins, we can go deep into memory. I'm more than happy to. This idea of brute force learning, which I actually learned from Matan Griffel, who was one of the first people I took an online course from. I took a programming course from him. And he shared this beautiful idea, like when uh, a hacker tries to break into a software system or a computer or whatever, they apply this technique called brute force, which is basically point as many computers as you can and hit it from as many different angles and try a million different things to crack the password, right? But brute force learning, what I love about it is learning in that way. So, so many people let's say they enroll in a language class at the local community college or they hire a dance tutor and then they learn from that one singular source. But no one source is perfect. No one source is complete. And what are the odds that that teacher or that book or that college course or that podcast or that YouTube video is going to teach in exactly the same way that you learn, right? They may use metaphors that aren't clear to you. And, and nowhere was this more clear to me than in business school, I was at one of the best business schools in the world, listening to a lecture on advanced corporate finance from the professor who wrote the book. I'm talking millions of copies of this book sold at business schools all over the world. And he's teaching the lecture and I didn't get it. I just did not get it. I asked the question, didn't understand the answer. Read the book, which he wrote, did not understand the way he was explaining it. Went online on Khan Academy, free website, opened up a 10 minute video, it was explained in a slightly different way and all of a sudden it clicked. Hmm. So brute force learning says, grab that bull by the horns. Plan to learn from different sources. Get a couple different textbooks. Watch YouTube videos, listen to podcasts, go to lectures, practice your speaking with locals. And this is great for two reasons. One, it allows you to complete... Three reasons, in fact. It allows you to complete your learning and round out any holes that are left in particular resources. Two, it allows you to practice what's called spaced repetition. So every time you learn something, it becomes more more reinforced and lasts longer in your mind. What you want to do is repeat and review, say one day, three days, seven days, 10 days, until you get to a point where you won't forget that information ever. And then the third thing is, this teaches you that it's okay to not understand the first time. When you're reading one book, or going to one lecture and that's it, and it's time to move on, next semester comes, we're taught that it's not okay if you don't understand it the first time. But it is totally okay if you don't understand it the first time. And it's not your fault either. You just may need to be accessing a different resource. So those are two really quick tips that anyone can use to improve their learning dramatically. Well, I love both of those. The idea of being really intentional with the learning plan. But on the second one, the idea of brute force learning I think everybody can relate to that where you've heard something multiple times. In fact, so much so that when you hear it, sometimes you roll your eyes like, oh, he's talking about goal setting. Like, I know how to do goal setting. I've heard goal setting forever, right? But then you hear it from the right person in the right way or when you're in the... Often just it's the right time. You're in the right mindset. Mm -hmm. And you go, oh, maybe you even realize I've been rolling my eyes because I've heard this so many times, but I'm not living it. I'm not doing it, right? So I love yeah. that. You've got to keep learning, learning in different ways. And for me, I'll do that where when I'm on a topic, I will go... Like right now, I'm really deep into the very broad topic, which are what are the issues facing humanity? You and I were talking about that before we started recording, yep. right? 
how many people are dying of starvation every day? Climate change, is that a real issue that we need to address? And how do we address it? Is it man-made? I mean, so just, it's a very broad, it's actually very overwhelming right now. I'm trying to figure out what's every problem that humanity is facing and how can I help solve every problem? So it's I love that. causing a lot of stress and anxiety for me. I'm trying to manage it here. But the point is, I'm watching documentary after documentary after documentary and listening. Like, I'm just learning in all these different ways from different people and a lot of these documentaries that are very overlapping, right? And also, I'd actually love to hear your thoughts on this. This was a realization I had the other day. I posted something about climate change and there's people on both sides like, oh my gosh, this is a horrible issue and we need to hang it on. And there's other people that say, this isn't man-made and it's not real or there's nothing we can do about it or it's going to happen with or without us or whatever, right? And I was leaning toward the issue of like, man, we need to care about our planet, which I think we do. Like, I think we can all agree whether or not you believe climate change is man-made. I think you could agree we're not really treating the planet with the love and care we would want to treat our own body, right? Right. You know, we're kind of sacrificing the health of the planet for profit. So anyway, that's another topic. But the point is, as I started to get other people talking about, they were kind of, it's like all these hundreds of comments arguing and debating the issue. I went, you know what? My realization was as human beings, when we develop a belief, whether it's around religion or politics or any belief, I find that we tend to just look for information to reinforce that belief. And I realized that's what I'm doing. That's human nature. And I thought, I'm not going to do that anymore. From now on, any belief that I have, I'm going to go learn just as much about the opposite belief, the opposite viewpoint, the opposite perspective, because only then do I really understand the issue. So I wonder what your thoughts are on, you know, I know it's kind of out of left field, but if there's any application around like learning and the idea of learning two different viewpoints on a single issue. So I, you know, I know that's kind of... Yeah, I love it. I mean, that's brute force learning, right? Is how yeah. many different angles can I learn this from? And, and we actually, so there is that confirmation bias, right? That, and I, I talk about this a lot. The human mm-hmm. brain loves to be right. Yeah. And love information that confirms that it's right. And so we've developed a technique that actually leverages that bias. So, uh, and this is probably a left field answer to a left field question, but the idea <laughs> is, uh, we call it pre-reading. So before you read, and this has actually been, Pre-reading itself, not exactly the way that we do it. We've kind of upgraded it, but it's been proven to enhance people's comprehension and dramatically improve their focus and their ability to create accurate summaries of a text that they've read. And uh, the the basic idea, I'm going somewhere with this, (laughs) is you skim the text before you read it, note anything that stands out to you, such as titles, headings, numbers, proper nouns. Then you generate questions and curiosity based on that. Now, what you're doing is exactly what you just said. Advanced pre-reading, man. I was going to say, yeah, I do that. I scan the table of contents. No, you're you're talking advanced pre-reading. Right. So we we want you actually to leverage that cognitive bias. And the questions you can ask can be harmless, right? Like, why is 1940 in there? Why are they talking about uh, Tanzania? What does that have to do with anything? Or they can be uh, what I like to call cognitive bias questions, right? So oh, are they going to make the point that I think they're going to make about climate change? Or, oh my gosh, I bet you my vegan friend is going to love this. So really huh. getting the brain to, to go in with conceptions, preconceptions, because what's then going to happen is your brain wants to know if you're right or not. And we use this technique for people who have to read things that are not entertaining. You know, we have a lot of people studying for the bar exam, reading scientific literature, and what this will do is if you go in and go, oh, you know, they, they mentioned uh, greenhouse gases. I bet they're going to you know, blame this thing or that other thing. Whatever your bias is, go into it 
and say, you know, where would I agree? Where would I disagree? Where am I open to being proven wrong? What you're doing is you're just cranking up those cognitive biases. It's just like, you know, when you argue with your spouse and then- uh, I don't argue with my well, I think, Yeah, I don't know what that's like <laughs> at all, right? And you're like, well, no, I think we should go left. And no, I think we should go right. And then both of you are paying so much attention to the street signs, yeah. <laughs> you know, to make sure that you're the one who's right. And, and of course, I'm being facetious. I hope you're not that way with your spouse. Uh, uh, but the point is, uh, the human brain loves to be right. And if you can apply that in your own reading, especially when you're reading about things where there is an opportunity, like you said, you know, if you're reading, I, I was giving a lecture at Shell uh, in April and They've got, you know, they've they've got a lot of, um, they got a lot of work to do in terms of, you know, uh, getting ready for all the different changes that are happening and 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 being a part of the solution and everything. And so I was helping them work on reading these future projections of these models. Like, what are we going to do if governments resist change? What are we going to do if governments help us with change? And and they're a very, very forward thinking company, which is great. Hmm. Um, so you can use exactly that. You know, like, what are your cognitive biases? Where am I open to being persuaded? And do that in your pre-reading and you're actually going to be able to read with more attention and focus and your comprehension will actually go up. So I love it. So you put all this into a book. The only skill- I did put all this into a book. That matters, right? And I'm looking at it on Amazon here. The proven method to read faster, remember more and become a super learner. So I have to ask you, and I hope this, uh, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but why write another book about learning and memory? Yeah. The honest, God's honest question, Hal, is I read books like yours and I was like, Jesus, my first book was really not that good. (laughs) (laughs) Honest truth. No, honest truth. I worked with uh, Tucker Max and his publishing house, um, Scribe and Lion's Quest, because uh, what I love about Tucker is he he writes books, whether it's his books or the books that he's helped write for for bestselling authors, he writes books that people can't put down. And I wanted, you know, we have, we have video courses that are 14 hours. We have hundreds of hours of YouTube videos. We have free podcasts that people can listen to, but we're not reaching everybody if we're not doing books. And our first book sold really, really well, but it, I wasn't as proud of it. And I don't think it made the impact it could make because it wasn't an entertaining read. Mm. It was a video course in text format. This book, thanks honestly, largely to Tucker and his team, they, really, really know how to make a book that people cannot put down. And so I went there to their office to learn that from them. And uh, my father-in-law, so English is his second language. And he told me today, this is the only book in English that I've ever been able to make it through. And in fact, I can't put it down. Hmm. And, and part of that is because I'm his son-in-law, of I course. I was going to say, yeah. But, uh, but <laughs> you know, I think... In this book, I've managed to capture not only all the content that I teach in a lot of the courses and the ideas and a lot of new ideas that have come out since I developed all the online courses, but I've managed to do it in a way that's fun and engaging, that shares my personal story uh, in a way to empower people to see what's possible. Uh, and I really think people won't be able to put it down, is, awesome. is my hope. That's awesome. Yeah, when I wrote The Miracle Morning, one of my big thrusts was how can I make this feel like a movie where you just keep wanting to turn pages? And I especially focus on the chapter. I'm like, in the chapter and go, damn it, I was going to finish this chapter and stop, but I can't, you know, I got to know where it goes, right? So exactly. Uh, I love that you did that. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, I, I took so much inspiration from uh, the 10-minute talk that you did at Genius Network. I've watched it probably four or five times. I have notes on it. And I actually went back and rewrote parts of my book 
because of your wisdom and, and what you shared about how to actually get people not just to not put the book down, but actually put the book into practice. So I owe you a huge debt of gratitude for that. Awesome, man. Well, it's, uh, you just gave the debt of gratitude. I appreciate it. And uh, the fact that it's going to help other people learn better you know, as a result of you using it to enhance your work, man. That's all the things that I need. All right. So the book is The Only Skill That Matters. Not the only skill you need because you actually do need other skills. You do need some other skills. The the only one that matters. So where's the best place for people to get the book? Yeah, people can go to superhumanacademy.com slash book and that will help them find it uh, wherever they want to buy books. We don't discriminate. Beautiful. Superhumanacademy.com forward slash book or books. Yes, sir. And you will see uh, Hal Elrod right on there. Who uh, who was very very kind to give us a blurb about the book? So good man, I was I'm, I'm a fan. So cool, brother. Well, hey, you are a super learner, a super friend. I'm really grateful to know you. And as I told you before we started recording today, that I feel called to form this kind of alliance of conscious messengers, people that are out there trying to elevate consciousness. And you are on that list, my friend. So. I appreciate that so much. And by the way, I want to, next time you and I both have time and we're not crazy with travel schedules, I am going to teach you how to memorize 50 digits backwards and forwards in less than two minutes. We didn't get to talk too, too much about memory today. People can check it out in the book, on the website for YouTube videos. But we're going to record a YouTube video of you cold memorizing 50 digits backwards and forwards. I'm going to teach you how to do it. Dude, I can memorize like maybe four at this time. So that's going to be amazing. <laughs> It'll be fun. And it won't take long. Give me an hour. Oh, I love it. Is there anywhere else uh, for people to, you know, if they want to connect with you beyond the book? Yeah. Superhumanacademy.com has like everything uh, that we do. Uh, I'll provide you with all the social links. Um, I'm most active really on Instagram. I share uh, things that inspire me, things that I see when I meet students, when uh, when I learn something new. And I am entrepreneur, that's N-E-W-E-R, on Instagram. And uh, yeah. And I also have a Facebook official page, Jonathan Levy. Awesome, brother. Well, hey, man, appreciate you, Jonathan. And I look forward to the next time we get to connect and talk and learn together. All right, brother. I'll see you in November. Thanks for having me. You got it, brother. Well, hey, uh, Goal Achievers, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This has been the only skill that matters with Jonathan Levy. Check out the book and uh, yeah, learn. Learn how to learn. Learn how to learn in a way where you can accelerate every area of your life by simply learning what it takes to accelerate, improve, transform that area. If you are coming to the Best Year Ever Blueprint live experience, I will see you in uh, what is today in a couple of months in San Diego, California. And if you have not yet secured your spot, I know we have a few left. You can go to bestyeareverlive.com and uh, check out the video. The video is amazing. You watch it and you'll be so inspired. And uh, hopefully I will see you in San Diego. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 